Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and Ocean State Bird Club. Proud to sponsor Talkin' Birds. If the chill of winter has kept you indoors, March is a good time to get back into the swing of things with a bird walk. Ocean State Bird Club in Rhode Island leads free walks all year round, and we'd be happy to have you along. Check us out on Facebook or on our website at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 769. Well, last spring... Harper and Athena, a breeding pair of golden eagles, migrated 1,700 miles from Kentucky to their summer nesting grounds near Hudson Bay in Manitoba, Canada. Andrew Berry and his associates from the Bernheim Arboretum and Research Forest in Claremont, Kentucky, are following these birds to learn more about their behavior in an effort that may mark the first time that a breeding pair of golden eagles has ever been tracked. We'll have Andrew Berry on the show in the near future to tell us more about these spectacular birds and what's being learned through that tracking. Meanwhile, a somewhat smaller bird, the black-throated blue warbler, is experiencing some changes in its migration patterns. An article in the bird journal, The Auk, suggests that the migration of this bird, the patterns have been slowly but steadily advancing over the past 50 years. They're coming up here at a different timetable. In other words, the report on warblers does not directly link their migration changes to global warming, but suggests that within the field of ornithology, it's difficult not to see echoes of climate change across the spectrum of research. The timing is everything, as they say, and the dates when birds arrive on their nesting grounds is critical for them in finding the food they need to feed themselves and their hatchlings. We'll have more about this phenomenon on an upcoming show. Anyone remember the Pliocene era? It was kind of a long time ago before we started talking birds, as a matter of fact, back to about three to five million years But that's how far back you have to go to find a a time when there was as much carbon in our atmosphere as there is now. Carbon dioxide levels have jumped about 100 parts per million since 1958. To put that in perspective, a similar increase took 10,000 years to achieve from the coldest part of the last ice age to its end. That's according to Martin Segret, co-director of the Grantham Institute at Imperial College London. This year, atmospheric carbon dioxide concentrations, a major contributor to global warming, are expected to soar to 417 parts per million. Segret calls this rapid rate of change deeply concerning. But we have, if not a happy ending to this report, at least an optimistic one, because Professor Segret says that While the statistics may paint a bleak picture, he is buoyed by the actions of young environmentalists who understand what's at stake in the climate crisis and are demanding change. As he put it, they get it in a way that decision makers right now don't. So I'm optimistic because I think in the next 30 years, we'll be in good hands, end quote. Let's hope so. 
In the meantime, we can always escape this annoying global warming by going skiing in Norway, right? Well, maybe not so much. According to the Norwegian Meteorological Institute, last month was the hottest January in Norway in recorded history. Not good for skiing or a lot of other things. The Institute says that from around 1900 to 1980, Norway experienced about 140 days of winter weather each year with a snow depth just under 10 inches. Now they have only about 100 such days. And the Institute predicts that in 30 years, the Oslo region will have only about 60 days of winter weather with that snow depth. So that's less than half. Skiers in Norway may soon have to get used to a new winter normal as they take advantage of a new industry developing there, the making of artificial snow and indoor ski arenas. Meanwhile, back in the States... Yeah, back right off the state of Massachusetts coast on the island of Martha's Vineyard, town meeting participants are getting ready to vote on a proposal to fight climate change on the local level through an island-wide commitment to using 100% clean energy by 2040. Vineyard Commission member Ben Robinson says, quote, The problem when you're talking about climate change is that we're up against a time clock. There's a race that's already started, and we're still sort of fiddling around at the starting line trying to tie our shoes, end quote. Voters will consider the issue at town meetings on the vineyard this spring. They could end up doing something pretty groundbreaking for the environment. And we'll report on this. We'll report back uh, after those meetings take place. Recognize that? That's our mystery bird. This is a preview of the contest coming up in just a bit. Our mystery bird is small. About five to six inches in length with a rusty brown back, a white throat and white eyebrows, a cinnamon and tan breast and belly, and a medium-length tail that it often holds in a nearly upright position. Even though our bird is small, that doesn't mean it's quiet, as you can probably tell there. In fact, the Cornell Lab of Ornithology says it sings one of the loudest songs per volume of any bird. There it is again. It's our mystery bird. And beautiful prizes this morning include the Droll Yankees double suet feeder with easy load front opening design, heavy gauge wire that holds up for years of use. It holds two popular size suet cakes or raw suet or whatever you want to put in there, fruit too. It includes a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Bonus prizes, a great way to learn bird song while playing a game. It's the LarkWire app. That's available, too, and that's our second prize and our third prize. Well, they're all one big prize package, actually. So it's not first prize, second prize, like that. 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. It's good stuff and good for birds. And those are the prizes on our Mystery Bird Contest coming along in uh, just a little bit here on our show this morning. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you right now on our TalkingBirds.com website and on our Facebook page. A frozen bird has been found in Siberia. Why is that a big deal? Well, because the bird is 46,000 years old. The Ice Age specimen is so well-preserved that researchers have been able to identify the species. It's a horned lark. We'll link you to the full story 
from CNN. What's killing bald eagles in New Jersey? Well, it's electrocution on power lines. We'll connect you to an AP report about why it's happening and what's being done to try to stop it. And scientists in the UK are making birds watch television. It's for the birds' benefit. The birds seem to learn to avoid potentially toxic foods by watching the TV birds reject those foods. And the study may also explain why different bird species flock together. So those are some of the stories on our TalkingBirds.com website and on our Facebook page right now. Meanwhile, speaking of flocking together, our Freya McGregor will be here in a couple of minutes to tell us about something called the Talking Birds Flock. Our conservation salute of the week takes us back to Norway and to the folks who run Norway's amazing recycling program in which they have created one of the most efficient and environmentally friendly ways of recycling plastic bottles. One that has allowed Norway to recycle 97% of all of its plastic bottles. What's more, 92% of the bottles recycled yield such high-quality material it can be used again in drink bottles. In some cases, the system has already reused the same material more than 50 times. For a little perspective, the recycling rate for plastic bottles here in the U.S. is around 29%. Norway's model is based on a loan scheme. So when a consumer buys something in a plastic bottle, they're charged a small additional fee equivalent to about 13 to 30 U.S. cents which can then be redeemed through a reverse vending machine that returns the money. Or you can bring the bottle to various shops and gas stations for cash or store credit. Way to go, Norway. And way to go to new Talking Birds ambassadors, Talking Birds listeners who have agreed to uh, let us send us send them some of our little cards that they hand out to their friends and neighbors. And thank you to Jasmine Vasquez from Portland, Oregon, right there in the Columbia and Willamette Rivers in the shadow of snow-capped Mount Hood and known for its eco-friendliness and its microbreweries and coffee houses. Thank you so much, Jasmine. And thank you to Todd Vickery from Manhattan, New York City. He says, I split my time between New York City and the northern Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. I enjoy studying and advocating for birds in these two incredibly different places. Thank you so much, Todd. How about it, Talking Birds listeners? Will you join Todd and Jasmine in the Talking Birds Ambassadors family? Easy to do and easy to sign up for. Just visit TalkingBirds.com, click on the Get Involved button at the top of the page, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in a Let's Ask Mike segment almost live from the Talking Birds archive. Topic, why birds and dogs don't always go together so well. Meanwhile, back to Kentucky again to chat with our own Freya McGregor about the Talking Birds flock. And up next, a late 60s TV show theme will help introduce us to today's featured feathered friend, Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Well, you 
look prettier than a peewee in a peckerwood tree. That immortal line was spoken by the legendary Pat Buttram on the almost equally legendary TV show, Green Acres. Here as we can tell, Green Acres was located somewhere east of the Mississippi. So that would mean that Mr. Buttram was likely speaking of the eastern wood peewee. A pretty bird indeed, if you can get a look at it. Its small size and dull olive gray coloring make it difficult to see, except when it flies out for insects from kind of the middle level of the understory. And the elevation at which the peewee feeds may help explain its decline in population. It has to do with the abundance of white-tailed deer in eastern forests. The deer browse at about the same level at which the eastern wood peewee forages for food. And it's thought that that browsing by the deer may lead to changes in the vegetation and a resulting change in the kind of insects available there. You can find the eastern wood peewee in deciduous and mixed woods and pine plantations all over eastern North America in late spring, summer, and fall. It's one of the last migrants to arrive in the spring, but also one of the last to leave at the end of summer. It can often be heard singing well into August. It spends the winter in Central America and in the Andes region of Northern South America. The Eastern Wood Peewee. Goodbye, city life. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 769. We originate the show live on Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. And you can listen to it live online wherever you might happen to be with any kind of an internet connection and some kind of device. Just go to TalkingBirds.com for the easy way to do that. You may have heard us mention, and she's been on the show with us once or twice, our awesome our awesome Aussie, I was trying to get that Z sound in there, our awesome Aussie, Freya McGregor. She does many great things for the Talking Birds program and our listeners, and we're about to find out another thing that she does. It's called the Talking Birds Flock, and she joins us right now from down there in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Good morning, Freya. Good day, Ray. How's it going? Good day to you, too. I was going to call you the mother hen of the Talking Birds Flock, but... You might object to that. I will call you, let's see, we'll call you the, the alpha female of the Talking oh, Birds. Yeah. How does that sound? That's, that's also a little intense, but a little uh, <laughs> I guess we can run with that. <laughs> okay, well we'll, well, we'll work on that. But the Talking Birds flock, um, what, what, what is it and, and, and who is it for? Well, so the Talking Birds flock is a Facebook group um, that anyone who has a Facebook account can join. Um, Facebook to have a Facebook or a Facebook profile, even um, it's free to sign up, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's easy. But then you can, in, as well as doing all the regular Facebook things, you can join groups, and and the Talking Birds flock is one of these groups. So it's for people who um, want to share things about uh, birds with other Talking Birds listeners, um, things like. Maybe um, a really great bird you saw last weekend, mm-hmm. or this fantastic photo you took at your backyard feeder, or uh, a recommendation of a place to go birding, um, a place you went, you know, a few weeks ago that was really great, and people people might like to know about it if they ever come visiting near you. Uh, so 
anyone who's interested in um, connecting with others, other listeners and other uh, bird bird-minded people. All right, kind of chatting over the backyard fence about birds and such. How about, uh, can you give us a couple of examples of some kind of fun stuff that people have been posting there in the flock? Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Vincent from New Jersey, who happens to be a Talking Birds ambassador, but you don't have to be an an ambassador to to join um, the Talking Birds flock, but Vincent um, posted a little video from uh, a movie he'd seen called Birdemic Part 2, which um, he suggested was pretty terrible. Uh, but he was asking if anyone had a favourite um, bird-related movie. Mm. Uh, I think I think my favourite is The Big Year. Nuclear fallout, bird fallout. <laughs> and, um, and this week, Bill, uh, who's also an ambassador, who's uh, in Kentucky, um, shared some footage from, I think it was his feeder cam in his backyard of a northern mockingbird. Uh, who was very much enjoying some mealworms and looking very beady-eyed at the camera? So that was Ooh, quite fun to watch out. to enjoy. Yeah, they'll come right at you. they'll come right at you. Those oh, yeah? mockingbirds. Yeah, I, I've had one attack <laughs> me on the I'm right on the top of my my Red Sox hat. So I've had a little personal experience on that. Okay, so that's uh, that's the fun stuff going on in the talking birds flock, and people can join by doing what. Um, so you log into your Facebook account or set one up if you haven't if you haven't got one already. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the search bar, which is usually at the top of the screen, you can just type in "Talking Birds Flock." Obviously, there's no G in talking, um, and click <laughs> click on it when it pops up. Um, and you can just—it's a really obvious. There's a join group button, um, and then just to make sure you're not a robot, there's a question that you have to answer, uh-huh. uh, which. That is reviewed by me or you or Debbie, uh-huh, yeah. um, and if it takes us a couple of days, like don't don't worry, we're not we're not debating whether we should let you in. It just may be that we haven't quite logged into Facebook. Just, for just a to make of sure days. you're not a robot. Right? What if you right, are a robot? Right. Then you just can't be in, I guess, right? I guess, I guess, no, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then once we once we approve you, um, which we there's no reason that we wouldn't unless you were a robot. Uh, you get a notification saying, like, yeah. you you know, welcome in to the, you know, you've been approved to join. Um, and so, and then you can you can comment on other people's posts and you can put your own things up. Yeah. And we'd love to have it where it's a really, I mean, I one thing I think would be cool is if um, if you're going on a holiday, on a vacation to a to a place that you want to go birding, mm-hmm. you could ask people on the on the page on the in the flock. Um, who's been there and where the good cool. bird watching spots are, and mm-hmm. um, that kind of just a fun kind of community where people can um, learn and learn from each other about birds. I think would be really cool. Yes, indeed. Fran McGregor, our awesome Aussie and the alpha female of the Talking Birds flock. <laughs> Thank you so much, Freya. We'll talk soon. Thanks, All right, on to our mystery bird contest here in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home. 
ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. That's our mystery bird. Sound familiar? It's kind of a familiar sounding bird for a lot of folks. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Beautiful prizes on our mystery bird contest. First, the clues about our bird. It's a small bird, about five to six inches in length, with a rusty brown back, a white throat and white eyebrows, a cinnamon and tan breast and belly, and a medium-length tail that it often holds in a nearly upright position kind of characteristic. Our bird is small but not quiet. The Cornell Lab of Ornithology says it sings one of the loudest songs per volume of any bird. It is almost unbelievable how loud a tiny bird like that can be, but it can. Beautiful prizes include the Droll Yankees Double Suet Feeder. That includes a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Plus, a way to learn bird songs in a game format. It's the LarkWire app, and it's really cool. And a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee around here. Delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. Prizes and clues in the sound of our mystery bird. Tell us what it is as soon as you can at 781-837-4900. Even if we get no in no correct answer, we'll, we'll determine our winner from those answers received. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Do it as soon as you can, so we'll have time for it. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive, in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Dawn Greenway, and I'm calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because by being an ambassador, I feel like I'm contributing to promoting awareness and conservation. I would encourage anyone to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it'll give you an opportunity to introduce others to this entertaining and informative show about birds. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Cape Cod, where I think it's already summer. Let's check in uh, with, with Mike and see if he's uh, actually down there or out at the uh, beach already. Good morning, Mike. Oh, it's always summer on Cape Cod, Ray. You want to talk about, not, not about birds, but about dogs. But yeah, I want to talk a little bit about dogs. And, you know, um, for years we've always complained about Cats, bird lovers don't really, uh, you know, a fan of free roaming cats. But free roaming dogs, it can be also a, a problem. For the last couple of, I don't know, dog populations grown and people like their dogs. But for some reason, it's kind of like speed limit signs. Leash laws get ignored, and more and more places I go for for birding, dogs are running free. And you know, and I think that you know. Especially in sensitive habitats, the, the birds are suffering. That was in your home state the other day on a wildlife refuge. 
looking for shorebirds, and every time shorebirds landed, dogs came running and chased them up and down the beach, and the birds landed again. And these birds were exhausted from migrating, and every time they'd land, more dogs would chase them, and it's clearly marked, no pets. But even areas where they allow pets, they have strict leash laws. Pets must be restricted or on leashes, and for some reason, again, People think their dog's special, and maybe it is to them, but that they're running loose. It seems like every time they put up a new, they open up a new conservation area, the first people to show up are dog lovers, and they let their dogs run loose. Even in certain sensitive areas, you know, birds are declining, you know, uh, nesting horn larks and towhees and whippoorwills and wood thrushes, and as people stroll through the woods, they, for some reason, they ignore the um, the leash laws or, you know, restraining, and the dogs are running up and down and cutting through the woods. And, you know, the dogs aren't necessarily trying to harm the birds, but they're disturbing their nesting areas. And I'm just kind of asking people who like their pets and or also birders kind of keep both together and, you know, keep the dogs restrained or on the leash. And, you know, if you want to run your dog... Take it to a ballpark, you know, take it to a soccer field, an area that's already been compromised, and let it run around there. But if you're going to take it on a nature walk, kind of keep it under control a little bit. Mike, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. We're back at the Mystery Bird Contest. Here's our spirited-sounding mystery bird. Beautiful prizes here. The Droll Yankees Double Suet Feeder. A download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app that makes learning bird sounds a game. In a 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. Our small mystery bird, rusty brown back, a white throat and white eyebrows, cinnamon and tan breast and belly, and a medium-length tail that it often holds in a nearly upright position. What would that be? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And Annie is in Bloomington, Indiana, and with us here. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. You sound as spirited <laughs> as our mystery bird there, I must say. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I think this is the guy who woke me up this morning. Oh, is that right? So our mystery yeah. bird, what is, the, what is the bird that woke you up this morning then? Is it the Carolina Wren? That's what woke you up. Don't blame me. <laughs> nice. Yes, indeed. The Carolina Wren. I was just reading here that in the Bloomington area, you have the Hoosier National Forest Charles Deem Wilderness. Is that yes, right? it's true. Uh huh. That sounds pretty good. Is it good? Is it as good as it sounds? It's it's good for Indiana, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good for Indiana. Hey, we have. I think we have time for a, a bonus a question. Would you like to? Uh, would you like Uh-oh. to try? It? <laughs> All, right. All right. I can't say no to a good time. All right. Uh, this is a multiple choice question. What is the heaviest flying bird? What is the heaviest? flying bird? Is it A, the Andean condor? Is it B, the wild turkey? Is it C, the great 
bustard? Or is it D, the Louisiana lead-winged heron? Or limkin? Uh, lead-winged limkin, lead not heron. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so it's one of those. What do you think? Ooh. B. <laughs> B would be the wild turkey, is what you're saying. Oh, oh no, that's no. <laughs> it's, it's right next to the one that is the heaviest bird for, for any consolation there. The great bustard breeds in uh, grasslands and farmland, farmlands in northern Morocco, south and central Europe, can reach up to 40 pounds and still be able to fly. Please. Wow. But that's okay. You uh, you won our big prize there in our big contest, so uh, stay on the line, Annie, and we'll send that stuff out to Bloomington. All right. Thank you, Ray. All right. Thank you, Annie, there in Bloomington, Indiana, correctly identifying um, the Carolina Wren is our mystery bird, and we're out of time. Next week, we'll be broadcasting live from the Mass Audubon Birders Meeting at Holy Cross College in Worcester, Massachusetts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and Ocean State Bird Club. Proud to sponsor Talkin' Birds. If the chill of winter has kept you indoors, March is a good time to get back into the swing of things with a bird walk. Ocean State Bird Club in Rhode Island leads free walks all year round, and we'd be happy to have you along. Check us out on Facebook or on our website at OceanStateBirdClub.org. Ocean State Bird Club.